Oh yeah, baby. We're back. We back. We are finally, finally back with another week of football. Once again, this is Sendal Sideline 365. My name is KB. I am alongside Bruce. Uh, we are back on our Wednesday because we cannot compete with Thursday night football. Uh, so, yeah, that is our new day of the week, but it works out because we have Friday night football in Kentucky, which we're all excited about. Uh, before we get started, we want to thank everyone for joining us live tonight. If you can't make it live, be sure to subscribe, get alerts for when this is recorded. And you can watch it anytime or feel free to like the video. Uh, like I said, subscribe to us on Google, Apple. Uh, can like I, it. Let, let me do the pitch. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me get my pitch out before you start interrupting. Please. Thank you. We appreciate you being here, but if you can't make it live, YouTube, Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, catch us when you can. We know you're busy. So we appreciate y'all's time being here. Um, every like counts on the video. So and even comments, we appreciate everything. Now, Bruce, what, what were you going to add onto that? Well, I just wanted to say, even if you don't like it, just hit it. It's free. We don't charge. We don't charge. We don't do that. So just hit it anyways. And by the way, I'm in the wine cellar again. I'm on the road in Tampa. Always rainy traveling. Tampa. Very Always humid traveling. and rainy Tampa. Okay. That's too bad we didn't have Louisville come down here Friday night because the humidity is <laughs> like 80%. You know, it's 90 degrees. So. True. True. But tonight we got a packed show. So tonight we're going to be doing a, a little uh, week three preview show. We're going to be talking to some special guests uh, who have insider knowledge on Louisville and uh, what's going on with the program there. So we're going to be discussing with them uh, the upcoming matchup this weekend, or, or should I say Friday in a couple of days here, which we're all excited about. And then after that, we'll be going to some trending news across the world of college football, uh, which I know I personally enjoy. You may not, but uh, we'll get yeah, into it to uh, summarize the show. But uh, we have our special guests here, uh, Devin and Spencer. So I'm going Going to bring them in here in just a moment uh, and we'll start breaking down this matchup but uh before we go into it before i bring them in just remind everybody of our projections because before we started the show a couple of weeks ago or before we started this kicked off the season we did a projection uh, of what we thought the uh how the season would go i'm putting up on the screen here this was my projected record just to re- just to remind everybody, so far I'm three and zero, or I'm two and zero. I Duquesne LSU has wins. Well, the green, have, the greens are wins. For, typically, green is good. Typically, yeah. green is yeah. good. So, okay. uh, but I had Duquesne and LSU as wins. I had this upcoming weekend as a win. I still do. Nothing has changed for me, no matter the injuries on on our offensive line. Um, I, I still believe that this weekend is a win, and we'll get more into detail with that. Um, but as we look at Bruce's projected record, he is still. At one and one right now, with him projecting LSU being a loss, which is sad. Which it, it almost was. It almost it, it, was. It, it indeed almost was. So um, you know, it came down to a blocked extra point. So I wasn't too far. So off. He's one game off the mark, but, uh, but we I'm both had this we weekend glad as we a win. But uh, we'll bring our guests in because we want to get their insight. We we enjoy having them. So I'm going to bring in Spencer and Devin onto the show here, guys. How is it going tonight? Going good. How are you? Good, good. Bruce, why don't you introduce our guests here? Yeah, let me let me uh, bring in uh, Spencer Laws and Devin Lawson, correct? Did I get the name correct, right, sir. guys? And you guys are uh, sports journalists uh, for the Louisville Cardinal, uh, which is a on-campus newspaper, but it's more of a uh, University of Louisville independent student news source. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So we run under the we're, – we're affiliated with the university, and it's just – 
through all of us here on campus. We're all students here, and we just like to write and try to get our names out there. Well, that's great. That's great. And listen, guys, I know we're starting off friendly. It's going to get real ugly before this is done. <laughs> and you don't have to call me, sir, because KB is already trying to replace me. You know, like Lee Corsell, they're moving him out. We don't need to go Pat, down that Pat road, right? McAfee, you know, he's trying to move me out. That's not going to happen, fellas. But we're glad you're here. Thanks for yes. having us, guys. Yeah, no, we're, we're excited to have you on the show. And, and I'll kick it off. Uh, I'll kick it off with a question here for you all. Um, so far, I don't think the Louisville season has gone how you guys may have imagined. Um, the offense hasn't been there as of yet for Louisville, uh, you know, with Malik. We all know Malik is a uh, Malik Cunningham. If anyone's new to the Louisville program, I think most of us know who they are and what they do in the ACC and, and how pretty dynamic they were last year. I don't think that they've gone off. Y'all have gone off to the start that you guys thought you would be this year uh, with a rough game uh, against Syracuse and Syracuse looks like they may be a surprise team this year. Let's, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Um, I agree. But but a, but a tough game there. Uh, and then the UCF game, which no offense, was just hard to watch at points. Um, they, they were, but, it, but it was entertaining nonetheless. So, so far, Malik hasn't hasn't scored a touchdown, right, um, with two interceptions on the year. Uh, how, how, what is the what is the feeling with the fan base? You guys are in it. You guys are reporting on, on campus. What, what is the feeling so far of – is this just a rut he's in? Is there regression? He's he, he he's in his final year of eligibility. What what is the general feeling with Malik? And is this the weekend they believe he's going to break out of it? It's it's kind of KB here. We're sitting and I mean we laid an egg here at Syracuse and there was nothing good about it. So we're that's just a wash in general. Yeah. Um, but you know we we turned it around and shocked a lot of people last Friday. And um, but yeah, Malik really hasn't had the start of the season. And a lot of us, I. I, Louisville people considered him a very dark horse in the Heisman candidacy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he hasn't thrown a touchdown yet. Um, I, I think it's just a matter of time. He, you know, Marshawn Ford and Amari Huggins Bruce are the only two receivers he got back from last year that have really played significant time. Um, and they're, they, they have picked it up. Marshawn dropped a couple passes last week, but uh, kind of getting on the same page as D Wiggins and Tyler Hudson. Tyler Hudson had a big game against um, UCF, but I think I hope it's just a matter of time and he can get one this weekend. I mean, his legs are always going to be there. And we saw it last Friday that he was able to run and, you know, he had over 120 yards and a TD on the ground. So I, I hope it's just a matter of time. And I guess we'll see going forward with especially Friday night. And I agree. I think that uh, something that's lost on a lot of people, I guess, is we were although we were favored against Syracuse, it was only by like three and a half points. It only yeah. opened up. Yep. Um, Vegas didn't trust us to win to, to win that game, and of course we didn't. And then we were dogs going into Orlando to play UCF, and we won that game. And something Satterfield talked about after the Syracuse game was that we weren't letting Malik be Malik. Mm. We weren't running him mm. as much as he could. Maybe before week one they were trying to tell him to stay in the pocket, preserve himself. And then after the Syracuse game, it became apparent that Louisville football cannot win that way. Yeah. Malik has to play with – as much free reign as he can, regardless of what you what you want him to do. If he misses a read or two, fine, you'll take that as long as he can play that backyard style of football and run around and and score touchdowns with his legs. I think that's what makes him the most dangerous in the ACC. Well, let me let me let me follow up. Let me follow up on that. Is do you think the coaching staff there at Louisville coming into this year was trying to develop Malik? for the next level 
okay, for the for the professional level by saying you've got to put on tape that you can deliver the ball down the field. Now, the pro style they're looking for is a guy that can be maneuverable. Okay, the Tom Brady style is leaving the straight dropback. They want mobility, but they also want to see you can deliver the ball down the field or you're going to have a lot of unhappy receivers on your team. So could that have gone into what they were thinking the first two games? I, go ahead. I think on you. we look back at the Syracuse game, and there was a couple times you can kind of see he's hesitant to run and he gets a little too far back in his drop back. And then, like, mm-hmm. there's two or three times where he should have stepped up and threw the ball, but he's he's got a little pressure off the edge that he's used to running around. And it, it kind of was – you could see that he was hesitant on what he wanted to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you're right on that sense. Yeah, and the, perhaps the coaching staff uh, bought into a little bit of the off-season hype where a couple of mock drafts had him as a first-rounder. And yeah. like Spencer mm-hmm. mentioned earth, mm-hmm. earlier – he was a dark horse favorite for the Heisman. Um, and it got a lot of coverage on the ACC network and even on ESPN. So you maybe you buy into that and you're like, for Malik's sake, we've got we've to show that he can do A, B, and C, and he can work inside the pocket and get through progressions. But at the end of the day, when your job's on the line and when you're paid to win football games, you've got to find a way to do that, regardless of Malik's future and, and what happens with him in the NFL. And there's 10 weeks where he can still prove himself to be a quarterback at the next level. I don't think we need to overreact to anything just yet, but yeah. um, uh, I definitely think regardless of how this season goes, he's, he may get looks in the draft. Uh, you saw like Jordan love his senior, his last season in college, yeah. his statistics were poor. Yeah. Um, they were very pedestrian mediocre. However, he was drafted off of his junior year, his mm-hmm. junior year level of football. His team got worse. He didn't have nearly as much help. And and but NFL teams saw what he had done his junior year and they trusted that uh, and the Packers ended up taking him. But you, maybe you see that with Malik. Who knows? I think at this point, you have to just play football to win and whatever happens, happens. So one, one of the things that may happen Friday night is I'm Florida State. I'm going to try to contain Malik. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to reduce his running ability and I'm going to make him throw the football down the field. So we may be able to help him try to produce something on the field. The question is, can he do that effectively? Because right now in the first two games of the season, he hasn't shown that ability. So if I'm a defensive coordinator, I am definitely going to produce that. You see on that Bruce and UCF on Friday, they had a UCF had a spy on him. Yeah. And he still got 120 yards and it's, a rushing touchdown. It, yeah. It's going to be tough. And I've said this before, but if you can get one of them going, obviously the other one's going to open up. So that's that's his best case and his formula to get us a win here and for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with Spencer. And whatever whatever you put on the on schematically in defense, I mean, sometimes it comes it is Jimmy's and Joe's and not X's and O's. <laughs> you still have to tackle Malik in open space, and that yeah. is tough. If yes. he if he gets yeah. to where he's improvising and running around and going crazy and running people over and spin moves and he's most of the time one of the most athletic players on the field if not the most athletic so you still have to bring him to the ground which on maybe in the game plan you think it's you're gonna you might be able to put the guys in front of him but they still have to make the plays yeah well, what, not to cut KB out here but what we worry about with uh, with uh, uh, Jordan Travis is the same thing. 
You know, we he's a running quarterback who has learned now to stay in the pocket and deliver the ball, but to make runs when he has to make those runs. But the question, when a quarterback starts running, you risk injury. You risk injury. We basically don't have anybody with any experience behind him. Neither How do about we. you guys? <laughs> so the the biggest uh, the one of the biggest battles positionally coming into the season was the second string quarterback. That's what a lot of media was paying attention to, and now I think it's between Evan Conley and who else? Brock Domeyer. Brock Do- Brock Do- I mean, sorry, we're blanking here, but. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I like our situation. Yeah, <laughs> we if don't want Malik goes down, if Malik goes down, I mean, look out that that is uh, that's obviously not going to be a good situation. And I, I I agree with you, Bruce. You want to do everything you can to keep him healthy, but with coming into a game like FSU on a Friday night, you have to you have to open it up. You can't say, oh well, you know, we're so much better than this team, we can keep him back. Louisville does not have that. There's not a game left on the schedule where Louisville can maybe USF next, next week. Next week. But there's not a game left on the schedule where Louisville's going to be uh, favored by more than five points and then obviously the games that they're going to be underdogs. So you have to go out and play every game as as well as your team can possibly do it. Absolutely. And going back, and we're focusing on the Louisville offense, which I think is going to be a, a big deal on Friday night's matchup. You know, with with being able, with you know, with Cunningham and, and the ability for him to run, I think the, the – the way he's able to pass the ball and stay in the pocket is if you have a reliable run game. And the one of the strengths of the Florida State defense is is the run. What we hope to be is the is the run stoppage. So the big guys in the middle, um, uh, you know, Fabian Lovitz, um, you know, Trench Monster. We have those guys in the middle, and then you know we have Jared Verse on the edge. So we're we're hoping that in the middle we can stop the run and then allow pressure on the outside. Through two games with Louisville, the run game, the natural run game, I should say, uh, of Evans and them. Has has kind of showed flashes, but against UCF, I think it was like three point nine yards per carry. Didn't really get to get humming. You had the most of the running coming from Cunningham. Do you, is do you guys see the Louisville running game as it, it has potential to be great, or is it something that's going to? It has been a struggle. Where, where do you evaluate that, as well as the offensive line so far? You you kind of look and kind of throw your hands up at some of the play calls here from Satterfield. <laughs> Um, you know, in Syracuse, we were, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot in a lot of sense of running the ball and, I mean, second and longs and putting us in third and long situations because it's not solid and, and that would, should be a passing down. Yeah. Um, but, no, you mentioned Tyon Evans. Tyon Evans has the ability to do whatever he wants in the sense he could run through the tackles and he can make people miss in the flats on the outside in the open field. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of look at that. You know, we have we had a lot of preseason buzz in our offensive line with Caleb Chandler and some other people and – like I said already, that we laid an egg and they played pretty terrible in week one at Syracuse, which everyone did. But <laughs> it, it's what we kind of want to do here. And like a lot of people are telling or making noise to have Satterfield, you know, kind of jump off the play call and let Lance Taylor do his do his thing, kind of show what he got um, coming from Notre Dame and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's wishy-washy on, on how it's going to be game to game so far. And you all have seen that. Yeah, the most noise you hear coming out of uh, coming in Louisville media and from just watching a football game with your buddies is like, holy cow, we are predictable. First down, here comes stretch right, or it's a stretch play <laughs> to the left. Like poor Tyon <laughs> yeah. Evans is like, 
dang, man, like I'm getting the ball where everyone in the stadium is going, <laughs> here we go. Like here's where the football is coming. Yeah. And yeah. it's a, a lot of times it's up to him to make a play, make something out of nothing. And you would like to see the offense get a little more, uh, a little more open with the running game. I know that sounds uh, a weird, maybe like an oxymoron, but yeah. just do a couple, a couple different things, show a couple different looks, a couple different counters on first down, perhaps draw plays, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's what that's what we're looking at, at least. So we have a, a question came in for the chat, which uh, still on this topic here, but goes into play calling what you're talking about. Eric Nelson asks, oh, how long do you think Scott Satterfield's leash is? How much longer till uh, this all is, is going to fall on him if Louisville continues to sputter, struggle? Is he, is he a Scott Frost? No, I, I I don't think that. You I have a full game. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have a couple. Uh, I'm relatively close with the program. Mm -hmm. and it Satterfield is a very, very, very hard worker. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't hard think, work doesn't you know, always equal results. I've learned that. Exactly. <laughs> Some of the things you're hearing out of the Scott Frost camp are like, wasn't showing up to practice on time. Wasn't Ooh. taking recruiting visits. Satterfield's never going to do that. I think, mm -hmm. I think what he's missing was, especially in the past few years is getting the guys. And yeah. obviously this next recruiting class is great, but yeah. getting the guys in and then schematically, People have always had questions about his defensive coordinator and his and his play calling. But as far as long as as long as his leash is uh, going into last week, I think it was against UCF. It was a legitimate make or break game game for him. Really? Okay. Um, his job was he was on as hot as his seat. His seat has been since he's here. Mm -hmm. And I think coming into this week, if uh, Louisville loses this game, he's right back on that hot seat. Yep. However, if they win, you're looking at USF next at home where the fans are going to be back invested after an ACC win. You're two yeah. and one at look staring down a cupcake like yeah. that would be great for the program. And he may turn things around. And if he has enough time, if he gets through this season, his players are going to that talent gets a lot better. And he may you may be looking at a long term Louisville coach. This is yeah. you know, this this is very interesting game, you know, obviously for us from both sides, but even the fans who don't realize it after the win over LSU, you know, we got the win. It wasn't pretty at points and we almost lost, but a couple of the players were saying, we're back. We're back. I hate that. I hate the, the oh, question God, I hate is, that. see, yeah. What, what does that mean? You know, that we're back, we win one game by a block kick. It. And some of our viewers may say, Oh, you know, they, 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 they start to try. Well, you guys are negative. Well, I'm not negative. I'm just no, being real. I, the reality is you're not back to your consistently showing a trend for not back until you win at least six games. How about we well, start there? Yeah, like, let's, said, let's start with six games and then we can talk about. Maybe I said around game, game seven, around game seven. Well, no, but my point is this Friday night is a huge game for Florida State for the yep. we're back program. If we lose this game, if we lose this game, then the coaching 101 language starts. That's what I call it. Now, you yeah. guys are there. I don't know if you do you get down to the practices or you get to the pressers, maybe, and, and the coaches are giving you the 101 language. They all go to the same class. And a lot of guys are afraid to ask important questions. And I, and I think to you that know? point, a question comes in from Cole about how important is this to recruiting? I think you guys just spoke to it, too. This game really does put one or the other coach back on the hot seat. 
Florida State's coming off the buzz of LSU basically playing the, on a road game and, and, you know, New Orleans being LSU, Brian Kelly. And we're back. He's a dick. Yeah. Everyone hates him, but we beat them. Yeah. So everyone, it's a feel-good story, right? It's it's a yeah. Disney feel-good story. But then you come back to reality, and if you lose to Louisville on the road, given they're one and one you, Mike Norvell, if he goes 0-3 against Satterfield, that's a horrible look. You know, he, I agree. that's really bad. Um, and especially if you're if you're talking it, about being yeah. back in the culture. If here, Florida da, da, da. State it's a recruiting break killer for Florida State. If you Florida State is back, okay, and the players are sounding that off because this came from the players. It didn't came from the fans. It came from a couple players after the game. We're back. They didn't use the word baby, but they said we're back. If we lose this game, it's going to raise questions because don't no no. Not to be rude, fellas, Louisville is ripe to get beat on the road by a Florida State team that if we're back, we should go in there. I have us winning this game by seven. I know the spread's like two and a half or something like that by at least seven points. I think the game will be close. I really think the game will be close. Mm -hmm. But Florida State must win this game or there's going to open up huge questions for us. I think bigger questions than it will for you guys. I, I think I think I can agree. And I'll, I'll speak to this and I'll let Spencer go ahead. But uh, I know that Tallahassee media can be a little volatile. And um, obviously, it's a huge program and a big job. And every fan expects to win a bunch of games every year. Uh, and if Florida State were to fall this Friday, uh, I think a lot of media and fans are going to look back and say, well, we only beat a sloppy LSU team who is pretty looked looks pretty bad. And we lost to a Louisville team who lost to Syracuse. We must, we might only win two games, you know, that I can, I can see that overreaction happening. And obviously that puts pressure on uh, a athletic director and a coaching staff to perhaps make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of going back on the other points we as like, I grew up a Louisville fan, kind of watched them and everything. You look at like, through my childhood, I was spoiled to watch the teams of like that we had. And like, I came off of, I mean, Brian Brom was, you know, when I was really young and stuff. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I go from Brom to Teddy Bridgewater to Lamar yeah. and now to Malik. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, there's been there's been a couple quarterbacks we can sprinkle in there that still have done great things and won ball games and such. But, like, yeah. I've been spoiled in that sense. And we have set the standard over the last couple of years of, like, where we want to be. I mean, it wasn't six years ago we were, we were fighting for a college football playoff spot. Yeah. And now look at us. Um, you kind of see – I mean, we lost head coach out of that and some other, like, the dumpster fire that was 2018. But we have a standard, and, and Louisville football is pretty critical. And we're, we're underrated in a national standpoint to where we think we should be at and how we should be rated in, in different things. Hell, you, yeah. guys had, you guys had Jordan Travis first, so you guys yeah, could have had him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, you hey, guys had him. <laughs> Pierce Clarkson on deck. You know, he's coming in next year who's, you know, highly touted and one of the top quarterbacks in that class. And we – we, we want to keep going. Like, imagine that ultimate reality, though. If Jordan Travis doesn't come to Florida State, Mike Norvell doesn't have a job anymore. Like, he has yes. had – like, this man has carried this program on his back for the last two years just with his playmaking ability alone, just to give us the three, five wins, just with what he's been able to do. So it, that that could be a whole other segment of what we – like, if this doesn't happen, what happened? But um, I, th- I think it's amazing, yeah. How does how, – how does uh... – how how is besides Malik r- running the football a lot? How many times? How many carries do you think he'll get Friday night? Not planned, but he'll rush the football. 
I would expect him to get the ball to at least 15 times. He takes he takes the ball tucked across the line of scrimmage. That's okay, to, that would to be win the game. How many yards rushing does Louisville have to have, including his yards? Oh, uh, two fifty may be high. I think I think we might need to get over two bills though. I think if we're over two bills, I would feel comfortable winning the game, being able to control the clock, uh, keep Jordan Travis off the field. That would that's that's a huge piece of the game. But running the ball effectively uh, would make me a lot more comfortable. Do you think he's gonna uh, Zach asked? Do you think uh, he's gonna have a Heisman like game uh, like Lamar did in 2016? Do, do you, you forecast that? <laughs> I can't I'm not predicting that. that. <laughs> I, oh, the people are asking this, so I, I have to ask the question. That's what the people are asking. Do you predict that to happen? Or he needs. I mean, we've said this. He needs to have a big game for us to have a shot here. I mean, our offense rides upon how he does. You see that in Syracuse and everything else. I mean, we're 100 kind of dead horse in that sense on, on yeah. how we've explained it. But yeah, and, and if 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 Florida State was to contain Malik. Who, who is the other person that has to step up someone at? Like, who is the other person who can step up on this team? Is If, if he's fully contained, he throws for 150 yards, only rushes for 85, does Louisville automatically lose? Or do you think there's anyone else rushing wide? Like, could they get anything else going? Is there anyone else who can step up on this team that could say? If that were his stat line and you told me Louisville won the football game, <laughs> I would have ex- I would expect a special team score yeah, or yeah. a defensive score. Um, I think if if he is contained, maybe and only throws for 150 rushes for under 100, I would have, I would expect Tyon Evans to get the rock a lot. Okay. I think he's very very good, um, okay. and I think he's shown uh, he's shown that he at least in practice and what that what's coming around from the coaching staff that he is mm-hmm. a he's a elite level running back. He's at the top of the ACC. Do you think do you think the Louisville offensive line can block Jared Verse, or do you think you expect like them to try to double or, or work around him? Um, I'm not. I would, you know, some some coaches come out and say, "Oh, we're going to run right at him, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna make him tired, and we're yeah. we're going to deliver it that way." Uh, I expect. I don't expect that. That mm-hmm. uh, I can't speak for what the exact plan would be schematically, but uh, I would imagine starting the game, seeing if he can if he can beat the Louisville offensive line in one-on-one situations. And mm-hmm. if he can't, you always have that backup plan that you've worked on, on, sure. okay, if this guy does dominate, here's, here's double team looks. Here's how we're going to play him. This game, this game guys could come down to a kick in reality, two and a half point spread. Oh, no. come down to a, <laughs> I know, see, the worst way. The worst. Uh, way. Yeah, here it comes. Here's what I'm going to ask you. It could come down to a kick. Okay. Special teams wise. How's your special teams? field goals specifically there's a lot of people around the program that do not believe our starting kicker should be our starting kicker i'll put <laughs> i'll put it that way um he missed the field goal against you at ucf yeah. correct and uh, a, a pretty a pretty simple field goal and we've seen from the florida state defense that they have the ability to go after some field goals yep. and i don't i don't necessarily like the looks of that so um, if it comes down to a kick, I hope we're not the ones kicking the ball. Because <laughs> the rumor came out of out of camp this week uh, that they spotted something on your special teams. You know, now whether that's true or whether that's mind to get inside games, your heads, mind games. you know, mind games is to, to make you spend more time there. Who knows? But uh, this game could come down to that kick. And uh, you know, I think it could go either way. I don't I'm think gonna, we're I'm a solid. I think our guy is pretty good, 
but he hasn't been tested in that last second game walk off type situation. I'd rather just block a kick than make a kick. That that's that's how I prefer <laughs> yeah. it to go. Did he spot the same thing in the LSU game? Is that is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I that, hope that it was. was that, that was that that was definitely tough. Uh, one question: KB hates for me. What's the weather gonna be? Have you looked at the weather? He, he hates it. He, I'm the weather guy. Because unless, it, it unless it's looking like Chicago it in the rain, I don't care. What's, What's the weather gonna be Friday night? Spencer's got it right here. Friday we got a low of 62 and a high of 87, and it's sunny all day, so oh, we'll be good. Man. We'll be good here in the Ville. Perfect. 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 That's perfect. perfect weather to play some football. It's perfect. great tailgating weather. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. Don't, that I'm not worried about the game, but that tailgate's gonna be perfect. <laughs> so someone has a great question in there while we're on the kicking game. Uh, which you, which pecker would you rather have, Rodrigo Blankenship or your or Louisville's kicker? That's the Colts fan. Yeah, he can I'm answer that question. <laughs> um, I love this question, so I knew you guys would appreciate it. Um, probably Rodrigo because he's got a bigger leg than uh, James Turner. But either way, Rodrigo just got waved, so <laughs> he's he's looking for a job. I don't think he can. If he's got a year of eligibility left, we can see what's going to happen. Yeah. And to Shane, who asked about Dion taking over, come back in 11 weeks and we'll, we'll readdress your question to see if Dion's going to be taking over or not. <laughs> well, so, I'll come, say this. Come back in four weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah we'll know a lot sooner. Let me give a reply to that, though, and then you guys can give your reply in a more in a serious <laughs> manner, too. And that is on Dion. Dion is not going to be satisfied to spend his career at the FCS level, in my opinion. Dion could make the jump postseason, right? Postseason when there are multiple openings. He's kind of proven that he can do some recruiting, but he is not going to stay at that level. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? I agree with you. Um, I think that um, the I, I believe too, it, it's worth taking a chance on Dion. Uh, maybe not at Florida State's level, but. I think we'll see him get – I think he's also waiting in the wings at Jackson State, a place where he's happy with, comfortable with. Barstool Sports is doing a documentary on them. Yeah, he's getting that. a bunch of media coverage for the FCS level. Yeah. So I believe he's going to wait on the right job, and maybe that perhaps that is FSU, uh, but I think he's going to wait on the right job and only enter a situation where he knows he can recruit and he knows he can win. And I think it makes sense. He's proven – People were skeptical on him at the start, myself included, um, like coming out from no coordinator experience and just jumping into a head coaching role. And he's done pretty dang well at that level. Yeah, I think I think it would be nuts if like we don't know what's going to happen with Nebraska. But if some coach like imagine like if Lane Kiffin's like, I can go to a bigger school and get more money out of Nebraska. I don't see that, but people have kind of floated that out there. If Ole Miss opens up and Dion's like, and they're like, take a chance on Dion, like they took a chance kind of on Lane, like a personality like that in Mississippi, like not that far of a move, right? And that recruiting ground in the SEC, something crazy like that could happen, you know, rapidly, right? So I, I think it'll be a fun journey. Um, and Patrick, for what I'm drinking on tonight, I'm drinking proper 12, you know, got to keep Connor McGregor. Yeah, exactly. It goes down smooth. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, and I had to drink some bourbon uh, when we're playing Louisville, right? So, uh, that's um, right. And oh, it's not 
It's not. It's Irish. It's not. It's not, Irish, it's not, it's not proper yeah, bourbon, right? Yeah. It's not proper. Bourbon. Some people, some Kentuckians listening to that just had a yeah, just, just had a freak out. Just, just unsubscribe. Stop. Like, don't yeah. you guys? Don't you there. guys have a, a a bourbon distillery tour or something like that? Oh, the, bourbon the, the bourbon trail. The bourbon Very, trail. Very. If you if you do want to do some tourism in Kentucky one day, uh, that's a great thing to do, especially if you love bourbon. I love that one of my favorites is Angel's Envy, and uh, I know that's right downtown. You guys have a, yeah, a yeah, shop right, right there down downtown, the so I, I love that. Yeah, KB's drunk most of our shows, you know, and hurts the <laughs> ratings. Um, <laughs> so, uh, flipping it to the other side of the ball, our offense versus y'all's defense, you know, once again, it comes down through all the offense runs through Jordan Travis. He is, it looks like he's progressed a bit, like he's staying more in the pocket through two games. He's looking down the field, making his progressions. Uh, what is y'all's general feeling? What's the, you know, what you've seen so far? What, how do you, A, how do you think he'll play? Like, do you think you'll be able to try to contain him? And B, do you think what you've seen, do you think he's progressed as a passer? And do you think they have to try to account for that more than they had to maybe last season? Well, to stop you, like, before that question about, I mean, Jordan Travis and anything, if he can hand the ball off, um, oh. <laughs> and, and, I mean, if Florida State gets, their, gets the ball rolling, running it, then – we're going to be in trouble if we can't stop the run. Uh, yes. We've had, we've shown that in the first two games, we showed that in the first half of UCF. And obviously yet again, we, we come to the Syracuse game. And yep. um, I think UCF had like 5.5 yards per attempt or carry um, yes. in that game. And I mean, he won't really have to do a whole lot if you all can do that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I well, agree. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Yo, uh, the thing I noticed in the, in the first game against LSU, I watched that game. Um, fully, I could not handle the Duquesne game. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't do my research. Hey, they're on that. Don't worry. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I watched the uh, I watched the LSU game, and man, that game was sloppy, in my opinion, from a completely unbiased perspective on on multiple different levels. And I, that was a tough environment to play in. Week one, you open up, and it's just it's crazy. Was that week zero? Week was zero. it? It was week zero. Yeah. 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 LSU um, was week wild, one. Yeah. Yeah. Wild way to. Uh, wild way to open up. So I'm not, I'm not ready to draw any conclusions, but I think what Spencer was alluding to when it comes to our defense, um, most of the stuff you hear around town is schematically we are poor. Um, yeah. And you, you hear that, you hear that for, yeah, for, for a long time, for a few years. What, what, what does around, that mean? What does that mean? Devin? Does that mean schematically the strategy is bad? The players yes. are good, but the strategy yes. is bad. Okay. Yes. So what I'm referring to is Brian Brown has been the D.C. uh, at Louisville as long as Satterfield has been here. And especially in Satterfield's first few years when there was still a lot of hype around him uh, and people thought maybe he would leave Louisville for even a better job because he turned a two two win program to a seven win program just like that with essentially the same players. And Brian, the games he lost in that game were where he had to score. He would have had to have scored 57 points to, to win because <laughs> yeah. our defense was giving up so many points. And that's consistently been an issue. Uh, Brian Brown's still on the staff. A lot of people have uh, pointed to Satterfield and said, hey, uh, maybe get rid of this guy and save your job. And <laughs> he hasn't. Uh, so I think I, that's what I'm alluding to. A lot of people, if, if you want to get really in depth when you're talking about a three man front, we don't necessarily recruit the guys for that. We're a little undersized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have pointed to this would work great in the Sun Belt, but you're not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, they're tough. A lot. That's a tough. Yeah. They're tough. They had a well, good weekend. Well, it really fellas. tough now. Yeah, yeah. 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 They had a, they had a good weekend. You guys are giving up 208 yards on the ground two games. It's hard. You know, stats don't at that point really mean a lot. But 
you can bet the offensive strategy for Florida State is going to try to run the ball. Well, I think okay. it's they're, interesting they're, they're, that's both at the quarterback position and like John yeah. Rise ran pretty well against y'all too. Like he, he was averaging almost five, five yards a clip, yeah, right? Yeah. He, he could barely throw the ball, but he could run the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting too. So I, I, to your point, I think there's going to be an opening there. If we run our offense effectively and we don't just toss it and fumble it at the goal line, there, there's going to be the opportunity, <laughs> play, you know, um, I think there will be that opportunity because I do think we probably have some of the most talented running backs in the ACC. Um, it's just, you know, what is the play calling? Uh, what, how does that play calling work? And, and is our offense line solid today? Because I think that's a big question with our bases. Is our offensive line going to show up today? It's gone so much better than two years ago. We brought in, you know, we have three transfers on the line this year. Um, so transfer portal has been very kind to us with Atkins bringing those guys in, but it's, you know, which offensive line is going to step up. So with that, uh, you know, how's the defensive line, you know, it, with that question, I guess people run all over you with the schematics. So, you know, do you see, can this team Louisville team improve week over week? Or do you think it's like, unless we get a new DC and totally rip out the, the defensive playbook, it's just going to be what it is this season. We, uh, the start off here, we just are, Starting nose tackle, uh, Jermaine Lowell, uh, yeah. went out with an elbow injury. He's done for the season, which was – he was – that was part of the offseason buzz that we got. You know, he came from Arizona State, and he was – talked about being one of the next, like – I mean, I'm not going to say legendary anyway. That's, that's very high above. Yeah, but, like, yeah. a, a good product on the field. I mean, we've had some guys that, you know, that have performed very well on our defensive line. And he was kind of – Sheldon Rankins and other things, like, in that area. But, like, they were kind of talking about him of showing signs of – being like him, not being as good as him in different different areas, but sure, he's gone. But like to to give our defense a little credit, they did perform pretty well in the second half. Second I mean, half of that UCF game was a completely different story. Uh, uh, the defense agreed. played great. We we had ten consecutive stops and shut them out, and that's somewhat we often. Here's what Brownlee's got a ball thrown to him. I mean, a free pick thrown to him, too. Here's what Florida State media is saying on that. They say the UCF quarterback, Plumlee, after a few drives, looked like crap, and he's not a good quarterback. He he played played receiver. He played receiver at Ole Miss. He was a receiver. (laughs) You sound like our guys, man. That's what they were saying. They say they didn't really see a real quarterback. Yeah, I agree, and I agree with that. But the book on Louisville's defense for the last four years has been line up in front of them. You can point to the gap it's going in and tell them to stop it. Um, well, I mean, well, we saw that a couple uh, last yeah. year, or the cup last two Kentucky games, where it's like, holy cow, man, they're just yeah. running all over us. Well, after the Duquesne game, and we had three running backs get over 100 yards piece, which means nothing against means Duquesne. Nothing. You should get that. You should have got 150 yards, you know? And then you know, the media had it hyped up the three headed running back monster. And then we went into LSU. That was a different take. Okay. Because that I mean, is really, one of the better. That, that, yeah. The but it didn't happen. I think they want that to reemerge on Friday night. They're going to run that ball hard at you guys. And they're going to try to play, do the play action off of that run and catch you sleeping and bringing people up to stop the run. So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's obviously no secret that we can't stop the run. I mean, UCF came out and their two touchdowns were scored in Wildcat. Like, <laughs> it, it is our weakness, and that's how it's going to be until we can step up and say, no, you you can't run the ball on us anymore. And, I mean, Are you guys going to use man-to-man on the outside, do you think, majority of the time? 
Probably not. We we love to stick in a in a zone. How are you um, going to stop the run though? If you're if we're really running the ball, getting four or five yards a clip, how how are you going? You got to bring more guys up into the box and the leave box. some guys out on the yeah, island, yeah. right? I, I agree. Um, I think the you you've seen a lot where Louisville's a little slow to make a, adjustments on the defensive side of the ball, and mm-hmm. they love to stick with uh, what they have been doing. What what they've learned. And especially if you talk about FSU athletes, the idea of going man to man doesn't sound particularly uh, pleasing to us. So I know that's what, that's what you would hope, but I mean, I, I predict the shootout on Friday. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, like you said, the, the athlete equation is going to come into it because as you guys probably know, Florida State essentially overhauled the wide receiver group because it, really did nothing last year or there was just no consistent playmaker in the group. And now you have six, seven, Johnny Wilson, you know, six, four, and then you got Micah Pittman, who's a true slot receiver. Um, you got a deuce fan, six, four, like I said, a true athlete who can do end arounds and, and really. So I, I think, like you said, if we can get you all into one-on-one matchups, you're going to stack the bottom. There's going to be a lot of maneuvering, like you said, based on what the offense is showing you, what is working, what's not working. So I think it will come down to who coaches the better game, like who is able to execute and coach the better ball game. Like kind of what we saw in the LSU game. I think there was a lot of strategic play calls. Some worked out, some didn't. Uh, but at the end of it, you know, the the, the calls played off and, and we won the game there. So I, I think it will be a great coaching battle. Um, and whoever can honestly make the least amount of mistakes too, I, I think we'll come away with this. Cause I expect it to be, you know, around the, the two points. I, I do believe they'll be within a touchdown. I think the over and under is like 52 or 54 56, points. I think oh, I looked 56. Yeah. yeah. They scored uh, 59 he, combined last year. So I, I see that happening. Norvell's kind of, I mean, he's dropped the ball the last two years you alluded to earlier when, when you all came to town and was it 2020, we had a COVID you know, stadium where it was like 12, thousand people capacity or whatever and jordan travis struggled left and right i, I yeah. think he completed 14 of 32 and then you all brought in uh, our old buddy uh chubba purdy that was yeah. that was once and he went over nine and i i remember it because i was watching there now and, at uh, nebraska yeah it's it's gone bad for him um, <laughs> yeah <but that's> <laughs> chubba purdy went over nine and he like performed like the worst as the worst quarterback in cardinal stadium ever which is hilarious and like his whole now, character development and whatever now i'm going to defend those quarterbacks just a little bit because our offensive line if it's average now or average plus now was well below average that year years before against every team i mean last year it too? was horrible oh, last year man. you had to play against mckenzie milton yeah. who was a robot our, our offensive line, <laughs> listen, our offensive line hasn't been very good for several years, and it's been a rebuilding process. If you look at our offensive line, a lot of the guys we have playing, a couple of them got hurt, are all portal guys that came in, just came in. And so a lot of our guys, we have been very lucky in the portal. I don't know about you guys, but we have gone after – have you guys, I looked at, I told KB, I looked at our football operations directory the other day, and I was reading off all the positions in terms of personnel recruitment, personnel high school recruitment, director of operations, director of this player development. It's an NFL type of style now. So we've got guys who are looking nothing more than the portal, trying to identify guys, and I'm not you know, who knows what goes on behind the scenes, but guys jump in a portal and the next thing they're at your school. There are things going on 
that make that like free agency. Yeah. Pretty and much. You, and if you, you don't play the, in the portal, if you don't play in the portal as a team these days to rebuild your team each year, you're you're missing out. Yeah, you see that, especially with teams who, if you can't win every recruiting battle, um, similarly to Louisville, that's something that now you have to lean on. And I think Spencer's about to talk about it. When it comes to the NIL stuff, Mm. you get into a lot of weird scenarios. I I really like the NIL, but I believe that if you have the NIL and it's done properly, there should now be – you should reinstate the sit-out a year for the transfer rule. Um, Mm. I think a lot of people are – jumping ship as soon as they can to get a playing spot to get to get a little money in the nil and it's it's yeah. really it, it's Double really dipping. fishy now yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look at bruce you talk about the transfer portal and the nil is the name of the game now in any any circumstances whether you're you know you're a newcomer you know you're freshman or if you're going to be a fifth year senior coming over um i guess you can look at our 2023 class and say that we're ahead of the curve in a lot of recruiting standpoints with the nil or whatever you want to touch base on that but you kind of see that i mean it we we got a couple guys in our like brian hudson was is an in-state guy um and he went to virginia tech and now he's here and i mean we could we could i mean our middle linebacker momo um he's a transfer i mean tyon evans is a transfer I mean, we could keep going. I mean, Jarvis Brownlee, you're all's old buddy, now you can is a transfer. Um, yeah, y'all can take Greedy Vance. We'll <laughs> yeah, no, we traded. Well, we, I, I, I want to say that we won that trade. I don't know about you all. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, Brownlee, Brownlee had to leave basically after the Jacksonville the State Jackson State. Hey, I mean, he just won. A, I, he yeah, got that yeah. interception last week. To I don't to think that was a – I don't think that counted, actually. I think he was out of that. You know. But that, like you said, he sealed I'm not going to argue it, but it's what happened on the <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say I'm not agreeing with you as we all sat here in the living room and, yeah. and screamed that that was not an interception. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm eager to see we'll if they're going to go after yeah. Brownlee a little bit. I'm eager to see that. I'm well, him and Amarion, I think, will be interesting. That Him and Cooper are going to have an interesting matchup. Both veterans who have been around the program, I think you'll see some one-on-one matchups there. And, and – Brownlee came out this week. I'm sure you all saw it and said he's been circling this game for oh, you know, yeah. since he came here and stuff. And which, why not? I mean, yeah, you, yeah. We talked about Jordan Travis and how he was ours, and now we got Brownlee. You all have Greedy Vance and Jarrett Jackson's another guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. that came. I mean, Travis and Jarrett came from that 2018 team that was, I, the, I alluded to the dumpster fire of of our our <laughs> lifetime and I mean of little football. Yeah. But, um two guys that kind of got caught up in it. And I mean, I like Malik, but Jordan also is another good guy to have in your back pocket and to kind of push that. And I would love to have Jarrett right now, but he doesn't really fit in our scheme in a sense, but he's too big. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, to put a bow on this, we talked offense, defense, all those things. Let's get your all's final analysis and prediction for the game. I I, I think I know which way you're going to go. But we talk both sides of the ball. We expect. I have no I, I idea expect, where they're gonna go. <laughs> I think we expect a lot of a lot of offense. Is it fair to say? I think both teams are gonna be able yes. to score a good amount of points and, and hit that fifty nine mark. At, you know, whether it be through turno- defensive turnovers to points or offense, people are gonna move the ball. Uh, what is what is y'all final prediction for the game, and uh, what do you want to say there? I think it's gonna be a great game. Yeah. Uh, Kind of with us moving in the ACC in 2014, there's been nothing but great matchups between the two of us. It doesn't matter if we're like you all have Jameis Winston and we have like it's been awesome between the two of us. And 
Um, this is kind of for me as a fan that's been a game I always look forward to. And it's always like when when you all when we go down to you all and you all come up here, it's awesome. It's one of our biggest games of the year for sure. Yeah. Um I, I can't go specific with what's gonna happen. Uh I think it's gonna be tight and I hope it's tight. I hope it's a fun day. I mean, it's our home opener. Cardinal Stadium's gonna be packed. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of noise and buzz around campus right now. The student body's ready to get after it and get uh get into the tailgate lots and get into Cardinal Stadium. And we hit it at the right time with kind of kind of losing the fan base to Syracuse. And um <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um losing the fan fan base to Syracuse and bringing us back into UCF. Um, but I mean it, I hope it's within three points. I mean, I, I think it'd be awesome to see a field goal go our way. Um Gosh. I mean I I'd rather be blown out by 49 points than uh, lose off a field goal. Hey, 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 fellas, fellas, if we lose, you need to turn into our post-game reaction with KB. You know, he can't even. (laughs) There'll be a lot of drinks involved with that game. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of drinks. So come back for that one. I'll uh, I'll offer a more specific uh, (laughs) prediction here. Yeah, he uh, firstly, sounded like he went to the coaching 101 there, Spencer. Yeah. You know, Spencer Spencer didn't want to mention it, but what that uh, that fellow the comment commented was referring to was Spencer was an all-state kicker in high school. Yeah, uh, I thought there was but, some connection. Yeah, like most of the state. time he has a hard time closing the yearbook, so I'm surprised that he I'm surprised <laughs> that he mentioned it. Um, but I see I see a high-scoring matchup, and I think if the offense is comfortable with their game plan. Uh, the defense can kind of sag back a little bit, and you can say, hey, no big chunk plays. If they run the ball against us, great. Make them do it 45 times. Make them do it 45 times without fumbling. And then maybe if we get ahead of them, they freak out. They've got to throw the ball. I like like Louisville to to score a bunch of points. Mm -hmm. And my final prediction would be 30-27 Louisville on a game-winning field goal that breaks KB's heart. I know. Please, God, no. Please please don't (laughs) let that happen. Like I said, no, blows up by 45, but not a kick. 45, but not a kick. I got to ask him, then, KB, you can give your result. All right. You guys aren't afraid to say you're going to lose, right? I mean, that's not a media. You're not – are you afraid to get the get the trolls and all the people? They have we to call they ourselves have to... no sugar. No sugar here. I came out before Syracuse did something similar like this, and – I mean, I was, I was, I was pretty hyped and excited about the season, and obviously between, I mean, Syracuse has been awful these past years. And I screamed yeah. about how Malik Cunningham's gonna gonna do this and do that, and then I had to sit there for four quarters and watch that disaster. So mm. that's why I'm a little more reserved um, now, and I've kind of seen that. So I don't know. It we're not Satterfield lovers here. Um, yeah, that's true. That we're we're very critical upon the coaching staff all across the board because when we have big time games and have a lot of time to prepare for them, we, we drop the ball and and don't show up. And so that, that's kind of how we look at it in that sense. And I mean, we go to the university, we want them to succeed in every which way. I mean, it'll be fun to go to a bowl game. Like, yeah, like we, we, we've kind of been in in a slump here athletic wise. I mean, university of Louisville had it rolling in 2013. We won a basketball national championship, won a sugar bowl. The women's went to the final four. I mean, the list goes on. I'm, I'm missing a couple. Baseball went to the College World Series. It was we called it the year of the Cardinal. Mm, we were yeah. we com- like we competed at the highest level of every sport. We will, I'm I'm sure there's a field hockey and a soccer that I'm missing on, on different standpoints, but that's how we kind of look at it. And you know, we're kind of sad. We don't have that that we're back mentality like you all's players do because we're not we're not at the level we want to be. Um, I'm, yeah, and I think what a lot of people miss on this Louisville football program is 
we're five, six years removed from where every season there was an expectation of a New Year's Six Bowl, BCS Bowl, mm-hmm. whatever it may yeah. be. I mean, how many 10-win teams did were there? There was an Orange Bowl. There was a there was a Sugar Bowl. Um, Liberty all the way back then. Yeah. Liberty, Liberty against when it was a 10-8 matchup against um, – Boise State. State. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this is a program. This is a city where you can absolutely be a top ten team, and it's been proven a bunch. Yeah. Um, so there's high expectations. But as far as uh, not being afraid to say they're going to lose, I just don't think I'm sold on Florida State quite yet. That's fair. That's fair. That LSU team is is not very good in my opinion. They struggled last year. They got blown out by a thousand to Kentucky. They're not the same LSU that that was five, six years ago three or years ago. yeah, three years ago, especially. Um, I'm not quite, um, I'm not, that's a funny comment. <laughs> that's not, very true. Yes. I'm not, I'm not quite sold on Florida state just yet. And that's why, that's why I lean towards Louisville in this matchup. Is Louisville, is, is football secondary wait, wait, wait. basketball still Let me there? stop you right there, Bruce. It's, it's Louisville, man. Louisville. Louisville. I, I gotta say, I gotta Louisville. say Louisville. it's Louisville. Louisville, Louisville. I, I had to wait the whole interview. And I'm that. not drinking. I'm not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Is basketball number one, and that's a problem for recruiting? Not mm. no, mm. no. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily a problem. No, I think. I think this program's proven a few times. You can coexist. Absolutely, you can coexist as a football and a basketball school. Uh, it's not like uh, it's not a problem that those those guys down the road are having. I'm just saying, can tell you. I mean. They beat those Gators out. They beat those Gators, brother. That was great. They did. They did. I'm sure you guys enjoyed that. Oh, I did. I did. KB. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll give my opinion here. I think um, I think the game's gonna be like y'all said. It's gonna be close. I really think it. It's gonna come down to who can you know, uh, convince the least amount of turnovers. But if Florida State can control the time possession like they've done the last couple of weeks. They, they really controlled the, the ball with LSU. They almost had 35 minutes of time of possession. They they really didn't allow Jaden to get into a rhythm at all, That their offense to get into a he rhythm. He did rush for 100-something yards. Though. Towards the end. But a lot of that was towards that end of the game. That la- They went 99 yards the last game. They yeah, yeah, yeah. the game. Before that, it was, you know, they weren't doing anything. I, um, I just had to say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me. <laughs> I was having a heart attack. Um, so, but I think it really comes down to the time of possession. We really converted well on third down against LSU. It was like it was unbelievable. I've never seen us convert on third down like that. So I, I believe if we can basically stifle the offense by keeping LSU off the field as much as possible to limit their drives and then get them to commit one one or two turnovers, we win the game. And, and we win the, that's I mean, that was like the Syracuse playbook, right? They kept the ball for 32 minutes, got y'all to commit a couple of turnovers, and even with 18 penalties, they won the game. Yeah. I don't know how you win with 18 penalties, but they dominated. It was like the first time, first time it's happened in yeah. a very long yeah, time. Like 50 yeah. years or something. But Yeah, but controlling the ball, forcing some turnovers, you know, those those things can limit a, a great offense. So I think if we're, I think we'll be able to do that by running the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage, and then, you know, critical you know critical throws in big situations like Micah uh, and Amarion. I, I think we'll be able to get the job done. I think we'll win by seven on the road in a tough environment. And I do believe that this is Mike Norvell's sort of job on the line because he after this game and then right next to the bc game right after that game you go into the toughest part of your schedule so i think he ha- he knows he has to win this game they will be mentally prepared and i know that's bs stuff to say and they're going to be mentally prepared but I-, I think seven points they win the game to get out with a win on a tough friday night and uh, you move on from there 
Bruce. All right, I've got one last question before these guys go. Yeah, we gotta go. And study. I said I put it out on tw- <laughs> I put it out on Twitter as a secret that you guys are gonna bring. Who the hell is gonna win the Kentucky Derby? What's the horse? <laughs> Bob Baffert, he's back. This next is Sakel. Our roommate is a huge, huge, huge horse. Right, he's huge, sitting huge. on the couch right now. Who's going to win the Kentucky Derby? Who do you like? Going into it right now. Right now. Damon's Mound. Damon's Mound. You heard it here first. Damon's, Damon's Mound. Okay. Okay. All That's right. Where I'm going to put my money down. That's well. Someone else asked money. the question earlier, Spencer. Is it they turn the 500 to the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big race fan, so that's why okay. like they're throwing this at me. I don't know. I haven't been the 500 yet. The Kentucky Derby is like if, if you all you all need to come if you haven't been yet. The buzz around the city is insane. You wake up and it's straight alcohol down your throat. Um, there's just and I mean it's burp. It screams bourbon KB. You'd love it. Um, uh, absolutely. And we, I know who the bet for now. I know who the bet on. Which exactly, horse? Yeah. Exactly. So what was the horse's uh, name again? Damon's Mound. Mound, yeah. Damon's Mound, and that Aren't came we? from our buddy, our roommate Andrew. He's a he's a huge horse racing guy. So if okay. you lose your mortgage money, go find him. He'll be in the apartment. We won't say. Hey, no, I, I lost it all in the Syracuse game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy, we appreciate not you guys actually, Mom, joining not us. Actually. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you guys. Bruce, did you give your prediction? Huh? I gave it earlier. I got Florida State by seven. By seven. All right. So both of us. Let me put my head on. (laughs) Florida State by seven. Well, Spencer and Devin. Are we we doing this after two? Are we going (laughs) to? Yeah. Can you join us? Well, no. If we believe it, you can absolutely join the post game reaction. Yeah. Definitely. 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 You can come in at any point in time. Please. You guys are welcome. You guys are welcome anytime for any reason. Seriously. No, but it's yeah. If it's it's going to be a wild game, you're welcome to join us. And yeah, uh, we'll absolutely, we'll be around. we'll be uh, hosting it uh, like yeah. right after. So if you guys want to join us when or lose, feel free to come on and we can talk. Uh, but uh, I expect a great game. And uh, thank you both for taking the time to be with us. We appreciate Before it. Before you kick us out, I just want to say, hey, go Cards North up. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks to all of our guys that have been listening. Uh, we've got a lot of our our hometown people here. We've sent the link out to to. I'm out. That's great. Um, Absolutely. I'm thank Spencer, you all. He's Devin and yeah, thank you guys us. so much. Thanks for yeah. having us. Thank hey, you guys. Keep, keep trending. You're welcome back anytime, guys, including Thanks, Friday guys. night. Yes, <laughs> no cards. Okay. No guys. cards. Take thank care, you. y'all. Bye-bye. Um, and thank you again to Spencer Devin. I have their uh the Twitter hand Twitter handles in the uh, bar below. So please go ahead and give them a follow. Uh, Devin with an A and Spencer yeah, is like guys underscore A underscore laws. Uh, great guys, as you can tell. A lot of insight into the program. Uh, and you know they have. But interest. they need an old guy. They need uh, an old guy. They I need a, a Corso type like me. I barely need you, so uh, I don't think <laughs> they need you yet. So, but uh, no, thank you guys again uh, for stopping by, Louisville fans. We appreciate the uh, yeah. the insights and the it's comments. Uh, you guys are great. So uh, we like we like we said, uh, you guys always give us a great game. We're we're really looking forward to it. This, yeah, uh, but it shouldn't be a great game this year. Florida State's never. I'm, I'm never, tired. No, listen, listen to me. Now, listen for a minute. This team, right? Everybody's chanting. Now I'm hearing on FSU media, different sites. Well, let's have, let's let, we got a listener question. We got we got a listener question. Would you take FSU minus two point five on Friday? Would are you I take that spread? Yeah, are you taking yes, that spread? I would take it. I think they're going to win by seven. Ah. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I, I do think it's uh, going to be a uh, – uh, they're going to take the spread. And, and thank you, Patrick, 
uh, and everyone for coming by, Jordan, Connor, yeah, everyone who commented. Yeah, we appreciate all your fans you guys. coming through. Yeah. And Don, yeah. this isn't legal betting advice, but uh, we're taking the two point uh, two and a half uh, points. We we think it's going to be a seven point game over here. I think it's going to be. An I offensive. think Jordan Travis has taken control. And he didn't of play last year. Offense. He didn't no. play last year. We no, have the statue, the I mean. robot. So I what think I'm we're going to have more of a chance. Jordan Travis has taken control of this offense. Yeah. And you know, we, we don't do sugar here. If I didn't think, I know it's going to be a close game. We can't yeah. blow out anybody this season. Yeah. And I and and we won't blow out anybody. There's possibility we could get blown out, but we won't blow out anybody. Yeah, there's always that tipping point where we could get blown out just suddenly. Like, we, I, we, yeah, we could happen. just be having a bad game. Could. Could. But, but I think Jordan Travis has taken the next step. And I think he is ready for this game. This isn't one of the big four games that I have on my calendar. The LSU game was a national type game. I don't give a shit how bad LSU was or wasn't. We needed to get over that hurdle. That was a marquee game. The Miami, Florida, and Clemson are the four games. I said we have to get two out of the four for Coach Norvell to yeah. proceed forward with, quote, the continued growth program. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay? Now, this game is on my calendar as a must win because we should win this game if you're having the continued development. You have had lose, there's a lot win. of questions. I don't want to hear, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. I mean, he's not going to lose his job over this game. He's not going to lose his job the whole season. At the end of the season, like any employee, you get evaluated. He, we're not going to make a change in the middle of the season. That's not going to be a Scott Frost moment, period. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, one clip I forgot to share during the stream with them is that I think we're going to be seeing kind of like what I, I believe UCF was doing with a QB, QB spy. But uh, this will be, I think, when the make or break, uh, you know, Kalen Deloach is going to be the make or break, just like he did with Jaden Daniels last week or uh, two weeks ago. Uh, this play right here is what I think is going to be the make or break. Just like he did with Jaden Daniels, the ability for Jalen or Kalen to spy the quarterback and be able to mark him and control him is going to be what okay, makes Okay, stop it, right? Stop, yeah, stop yeah. right there. Here's the deal with your spy. Now, in practice, Travis J crossed over to the scout team and was playing the part of Malik Cunningham. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Why? Because Travis J used to be a quarterback who could run and pass and has the speed and the agility and the quickness of a Malik Cunningham. Yeah. But you're not Malik Cunningham, okay? But it gives the guys a chance to try to corral one of these type of guys. And this is not the only running quarterback we're going to see this no, year. But Travis J was okay. a former quarterback too. So he does. He well, I said, that. I, yeah. said yeah. that. I said that. I said that. But he's yeah. still not Malik Cunningham. No, but but a, a shout out to uh, Travis J for yeah. helping out on that side of the ball, yeah. and that's a team guy for doing that. Yeah, that's a team guy for it's, doing that. Kalen and whoever, if they put Tatum, it's going to have to be able to spy the quarterback. And, and well, you have to be able to get to the quarterback. Spying yeah. the quarterback is one thing, but getting finish get, the tackle, you have taking to the right the angles and getting to the guy is another thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're already. This has already been a long show. I think, uh, and I think, I think Malik is going to get his big runs yeah. in. You're not the gonna, question you're not is, gonna... the question is, 
does he get too many of them in? Yeah, you're not going to hold him to 50 yards. No. It's just not going to happen. No. He's going to get his 100 yards, or you know. But but that means if he's running, if he's running, then the other backs were ineffective, and he's back there trying to throw the ball when he's running. Absolutely. His mindset was like Jordan Travis last season, and that was I like to run and I'm afraid to throw the ball. Malik yeah. Cunningham is in that frame of mind. Yeah. Travis is now willing to stay there, take the hit and deliver the ball at the last second. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and as Tyler just said, you know, hasn't seen Louisville's defense get stopped like they did against, uh, like they did versus UCF since 2013. So, you know, maybe they'll be, we'll be surprised and they'll, they'll really start to shut but, down Florida State's offense. But I think it'll be, I, I they don't see think some that's going to be the case. They still giving up on both games, Syracuse and UCF. They're still giving up an average over 200 yards. They didn't give a, up a lot of points though. Okay. So they're giving up they're giving up 22 and a half a points a game. That that's not a ton of points. Okay, but if we get 35 and they get 22, okay, you but know. Florida State could not finish in the resident at LSU. That was a concern. Uh, so well, this 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 team, I don't think Louisville uh, uh, is is as good as LSU's talent on the field, even though it's disorganized. I don't think. That Louis, the LSU team is well put together at this point. I think they will get it together, but Louisville's defense and their front seven, I don't think, are as good as LSU's were. Like I said, we'll find out Friday night. It's two games of the season. I don't think any of these teams have a proper identity yet. You know, you see. App State beating Texas A&M. You see Notre Dame losing the mark. Like, no team, I don't think, has a true identity. We don't know what the final product of these teams is until we get to game four or five. We don't know what these teams have yet. We we know what the talent is. We know what the game plans are. We know who they, we sh- they should be. But I don't think we really know who Florida State is yet. And I don't think we really know. Well, we're going to find out Friday night. Hell, Syracuse looks like the next Wake Forest no, of the no, ACC. No, but, like, but we, we're going we to find know. out more. We don't care about all them. What we care about. Yeah, I care about Louisville. Does, that's what I'm saying. We don't know who they are. What does yet. Florida State look like? If we are, know. quote, back, I did not back. Stop back. saying no, that. No, wait a minute. I, I didn't say that. All these sides, wait a minute. Man. Wait a minute. I didn't say that. I know, but the fan media it. didn't say it. It came out of players. I'm not going to name the players. And, and Norvell shut it down. That. He so, shut it down. Well, he said, we're so back. We're well, that was an emotional outburst yeah. by the players because to be back, you have to be consistent. You yeah. have to be winning consistently. You need to get to a bowl game. You have to, well, we'll get to a bowl game. I said, if we get to a bowl game, then he keeps his job. Six or seven wins. Some of the FSU media are talking, oh, no, you know, nine or ten wins. Those people don't know what the hell they're talking about. And some of those people are charging premium subscriptions to their sites. Okay. okay? We don't need to go down there. You know, we don't need to go down there. But if we get to seven wins, that's a good season. Yeah. That's I, reality. This is, I don't live in a world of fantasy. Okay. I've been around this program since the 60s. I know people, oh, oh God, go. he's an old man. What there the hell does he know? I know what's good and what isn't good. Okay? That's the that's the thing here. Now, you talked about the weekend. A weekend not, not we thought was going to be soft and not really entertaining. Oh, my God. Salute out to the Sun Belt, isn't it? The Sun Belt Conference? Yes. I don't know who the hell they are. So we wrapped up the State. summary. We're going into news now, if anybody's watching. Okay. We've wrapped yeah. up the Louisville summary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
seven points, Florida State. Watch it. Come back for the post-game reaction right after it. So join us on Friday night uh, and come back for that because we will have a post-game reaction. Earthquakes okay. week two. Earthquakes week two. What was your earthquake of week two? I, I think it, and I'll, I'll pull up kind of my little article here. It was like you just said, was the uh, the dumpster fire that was, uh, you know, these. Uh, oh, it was, was great. Big top of the power five. I loved it. I loved it. Like you said, the Sun Belt looked like they could beat the ACC. I, I mean, I, I compared is the Sun Belt better than the Pac-12? I mean, could they? The Sun Belt looked like the most dominant Power Five conference last weekend. Well, I think I think what it shows is this. I think what it shows is this, that these teams can go forward because they've got players who buy in. They've got players that were not recruited. They've got players that didn't have that many stars that's not, okay, that's not, that's not on true. their name. No, well, what I'm saying is, but App State has beaten people before. They're good. You know, they, they're, they're well coached. And, you know, the, the, that game against Texas A&M, well, first of all, I don't like Jim Jimbo Fisher, even though he brought us a national championship, okay, in some winning years. You know, it, they embarrassed Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher has pressure to respond this weekend against a tougher team. That's so that will be interesting. Who the hell – Signed off on Texas A&M paying App State a million dollars to come in. App State's been a well, the athletic team. director. Someone Why did a million dollars? Like uh, teams like FAMU, who travel to UNC, aren't getting a million dollars to go and play. Well, I'll, like, I'll tell you what. Like I'll tell you what. Amount. It's going to be hard for App State to get some of these games anymore. You know, I don't because, even know how they got that one because they will beat you. Yes, exactly. Like they that will, was a very winnable game for them. You know, they will beat you. The other thing, the other great game was Marshall Notre Dame. Was it? Yeah, that was. Now the, the Notre Dame head coach, new guy. He's you talk about heat. He's he's definitely got some heat. They played California this weekend out that's, there. That's if, if it was that interesting game, he's fired. But and um, then Nebraska, Georgia Sam Marshall Southern. for a second. Say Sam Marshall for a second. Yeah, to your Marshall. point, where you said these are teams that don't get the five stars. True, but the transfer portal has really turned, I believe, to yeah. even the playing field between the mid-tier Power Five schools and these lower-level, you know, others. Because now the guys, the four, some five-star players who don't either. Make break the depth chart, don't get playing time academically, don't qualify for a year. They they kind of leave, go get guaranteed playing time at Marshall or App State. Or so now these these smaller schools are getting an infusion of talent that they normally wouldn't get. Kalen LeBourne, former five-star top yeah. 50 player at Florida State, goes to Marshall. He was driving Uber last year. He, he got kicked out of Florida State, and over went to Juco, yep. was driving Uber, got recruited to Mar- uh, Marshall. Now he's running for 160 yards per game. Like these, this is how the transfer portal has turned to balance out talent from like shaking it down from the top schools down to the lower schools and starting to even out. So these games are going to get a lot tougher when you schedule them. And, and I think it's actually a good thing that that now these guys can go other places, get new opportunities. Well, it's like the NFL. It's the NFL model we're developing here into the college ranks, and it's it's like free agency in a in a in a in effect. That's Absolutely. what it is. And I agree with you. It gives it gives first of all, it gives players a chance to play. Players yeah. want to play. They should. They yeah. want to play, yeah. and they're not going to sit there. We're going to lose some guys next season. We'll lose some guys, and we'll gain some chance, guys. and we'll gain and, and, and we'll gain some guys. 
But we now have in the football operations people who are constantly watching who's going where and and the potential to this guy, DJ Williams. Isn't he still in the portal? That I, I, I think, you know, DJ. But there was who was the other running back from Florida State that had big yards over 100 yards? Anthony Grant. Anthony big, Grant. The other big game. Yeah, he had a big game. So I thought DJ it was, Williams had a great game. Yeah, you know, it was like an it was a it was an interesting weekend. Yeah. Interesting weekend. Then the Gators lost to Kentucky. That was great. That That's, was a great game. Yeah, but it exposed that. Anthony Richardson after the first game against Utah. They they thought he was going to be a Heisman Trophy. They exposed him. He's a big guy who can run, but he, he makes bad decisions. They, they exposed the media. The media overhyped him after oh, one the media. game. Well, our media overhyped certain things. The guy couldn't throw last year either when he played sparingly. Like it's huh? it's not the kid's fault, but the, they he couldn't throw last year consistently. He looks he like he can't you know could throw consistently this year. He's a right. great athlete. Like he's yeah. going to be a good player, but he's not a first round NFL draft pick. Like I don't I don't know. Uh, that's why I hate ESPN the media when they oh, hype these Lord. kids out after one week. But but this is what media does. Now we're going a little bit lengthy tonight. We're going yeah. a little bit long because we could talk sports all night long. Okay, we could the the guys we had on uh, Devin and. Uh, um, Ah, remember, I'm losing my you mind. You got it. You got it. Spencer. Got it. Spencer. Come on. Spencer and Devin. And if you, haven't, were, if you haven't followed them already, give them a follow. No, give them a follow. These guys were great. They're, they're going to be future superstars, man. I hope they have their own show and, and they're doing a great job. They really have great knowledge of what's going on. Did a great job. And we appreciate them, all their followers that came on. We learned a lot. You yeah, know, you great, have great. to get everybody's other perspective. Some of the no, media yeah. shows don't get the other perspective. You know, no, it's, it's great. And to they hear. made it, some. They made some great points. But yeah. you know, the last thing I have in my book here, in my notes, I had multiple notes. Looking forward, I'm looking forward to seeing the Miami Texas A&M game. That is going to tell us a lot about Miami too. Yeah, and their you, quarterback and you their tweeted quarterback. something that was dumb. What? Okay, I, I want everyone to know. I didn't tweet out. That go ACC, Texas a loses. My, like, yeah, I did. No, I, I don't get it. We're not the SEC where we cheer for other schools to win in the ACC. That's no, no, stupid. No. That's no, dumb. I, it was my opinion on it. I know, but it's a dumb opinion. Like, okay. we don't cheer for other, we don't cheer for Miami to win. If if it was at all possible, I wish both schools could lose. Or the well, game I, just gets like. Well, canceled. I hope the I hope the ACC wins no. over SECs. And and I said if you read my. If you read my tweet carefully, it said, I did, and I still it. dislike Miami. No, I still no. dis. That's what the tweet no. said. So I'd rather Miami lose. Really? Why, why, why does Miami win help us? How does it help? It us? helps the conference. Does it help us in recruiting. It helps the conference. Look, we're leaving this conference. conference. We're leaving okay. this conference. All right, move on. No, see, you're one of these old school guys that's like rah rah go ACC. The ACC is dying. It's on life support. Let it go. <laughs> Pull the plug. Yeah, literally. You need to let it go. It's done. It's really done. Yeah. So that that's that's my feeling on that. Um, a last couple of notes I have that I uh, brought up in news-wise uh, was uh, one thing over here I thought was interesting. Oh, uh, remember we had our, our friend over at um, the uh, – what's his name? Um, 
We have on one of our uh, Jason Stahl. Remember Jason? Yeah, Jason Stahl with the uh, Players Association. Exactly. Established a college players association. So I don't know if you saw the article about Penn State this week. No, I didn't. So they're looking. They they rebranded their NIL collective into We Are NIL, and they're going to be looking to offer player disability insurance. So they're looking now to raise about $10 million to be able to offer this like lifetime insurance plan for, for like debilitative injuries to like the top players on the team, essentially. Mm. So I, honestly, I would love to get Jason's. We didn't, we weren't able to, cause I just saw this today and yeah, yesterday, but I would like to get his input of like, does he think this is a good step in the right direction? Obviously, this doesn't cover every player on the team. They need to, you know, they're looking to, you know, they have to raise $10 million. And this is one of the first schools to do this. So, you know, all, all, every man on the roster, if the last man, if the last kid on the offensive line, third string gets hurt, he's not going to have access to this, right? This is going to be just for the top players. Right now, they have like one offensive lineman who's, who's been able to get, get insurance based on this, right? Um, and most people, most athletes who try to get like, this type of insurance anyway today can't because they have to, they have to prove out their lifetime ROI and lifetime earnings. And they can't, they can't do that. So this is kind of the, uh, a college's first approach to doing it. I thought it was interesting based on that conversation with Jason, the players Alliance and, and their, you know, their thoughts around unionization across the NCAA. So well, Alonzo, Alonzo was yeah. our guest on the yeah. show and, and informed us a lot yeah. about this trying to form, uh, form a players association yeah and you're starting to see that even at i saw an article about minor league baseball players i thought they were already in major league players association apparently they're not because they're not at the major league level you know so yeah. you're starting they to see nothing <laughs> more organization of these types of associations so it might be worth it we get jason or alonzo back on to to discuss this a little bit further yeah i thought i thought this was very interesting so definitely something to keep an eye on because I do think it's an interesting once again another recruiting benefit. Say you're you're going after a top two hundred guy sure. and say, hey, if you come to us, you're not only going to get education spot, but also if you get hurt here, we're you're going to be taking off from you an insurance policy. Yeah, this isn't the it. first time a kid has ever had an insurance policy. I mean, uh, they, but they, it's not illegal even back in the day hard. to have one. Privately, it's hard. It's hard. It's but hard. you have to prove that you're going right. to be a top right. ten pick. You're going to make all this money. Like it's hard to get those plans. But right. Like you said, this is an easier way to do yeah. it. Um, and then the last thing, I no, actually, I think that's the last big thing. No, I got that's one cool. last piece. I got okay. one last piece, real quick. Uh, hats off and welcome to the Knowles family to Kaziah Holmes, a transfer from Penn State. Went into the portal, has arrived at Florida State. He's now officially on the uh, team. He cannot play this year, and he is rehabbing uh, from some injuries. But he transferred in on the 15th of August. He has three years of eligibility to play, and he joins a crowded running back room. Now, that is my only thought, is why would he select Florida State who seems to be heavy into the running back room already. I, I don't really have the answer to that. Obviously, he does. He, he's been described. He was a four-star coming out of Cocoa, Florida. I always call it Cocoa Beach, but they said Cocoa, Florida, Cocoa, uh, Cocoa High School. 
uh, four-star high-end long uh, on long speed, explosive around the edge. Uh, freshman, he had like 51 carries for 227 yards. So he's been through a college program, a good one at Penn State and, and Coach Franklin there. Uh, he had a couple of touchdowns. You know, yeah. I, you know, he, you know. Good player. A lot of potential. Four a lot players. of upside potential. Yeah, the question is, why did he come in here to compete? He must feel he can compete here. Yeah. Like you said, it's an interesting move um, because it was just buried on Penn State's depth chart, yeah. uh, which is why he was looking to leave. He comes right. to Florida State. Uh, a lot of people are thinking because he wanted to be closer to home. Well, and, yeah, and, and Florida State, he played at Titusville. Um, and, and Florida State was one of his original top seven schools, didn't win, win him the first time. And now I, I think he, well, he was he heavily recruited late. by another coaching staff, probably. Really but tired. that doesn't mean you don't start. No, no, like I get school. it. But, I um, get it. uh, I, I think playing close to the home, he transferred so late. I think he kind of knew he was going to win the job anyway. So, and with Norvell's ability he Norvell does use a variety of backs in many different ways. You're seeing it already. He, he he's using three different backs. So if you have something to offer you're, and, and you have the talent and you work your butt off, you're probably yeah. going to be able to be. You're going to work your way into the lineup some way. So I think well, he took the approach of okay, I'm going to transfer late, get into the program, be close to the home, work my butt off, basically sit out this year, and then see if I can crack. Yeah, ball. come in yeah, fresh, the spring ball. Maybe maybe you know. Someone transfers out. Maybe Benson yeah. has a killer year. Yeah. He, he, he's draft eligible. So him yeah. and Ward are, are draft eligible. So if they wanted to go, they could leave. And, and if could. it works out, it works out. Um, I, I think that's kind of what would maybe go through. Well, his welcome. Yeah. Welcome to him. And we wish you all the best. And we yep. look forward to talking about you more on the program. In that Absolutely. Regard. Absolutely. So I think that's going to wrap it up. It's been a great, it's been a long show, but it's yeah. been a great show. We want to thank, thanks again to Devin Spencer from, uh, uh, from Louisville. Uh, they're, you know, give us the on-campus perspective on everything that's going on around the program and, and their predictions for this weekend. And we hope you guys support these guys. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're really enthusiastic guys. They're really in touch with the university of Louisville program yeah. uh, in football and all their sports there. So a uh, big shout out to them and we wish them the best of luck. And they're always, always welcome back here. And maybe we'll see them Friday night if they call it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. We would love uh, Devin and Spencer. If you hear this, uh, we would love to have you guys on uh, to the show. We'll really uh, be drinking then for a post game reaction when they're lose. Uh, we'll be having it. So uh, yeah. join us if you'd like, we'll send you a link, but uh, thanks yeah. again, y'all time. Uh, and thanks again, everyone, if you joined us, like the, like the video, give us a thumbs up, give us a comment really helps us with growing the channel, but we appreciate you guys being part of the uh, Sentinel sideline family. And then uh, subscribe to us on uh, your podcast choice and uh, listen to us anytime. Hey, we got a new intern working our Instagram. Yeah, we got we're going to try intern. to improve our Instagram game. So uh, follow yeah, us so. there as well. All right. Thanks again. And we'll uh, see you guys Friday night. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye guys. Bye-bye.